in the last couple of weeks of um, of Proverbs, and we'll be back in Proverbs after a couple of series from now. We'll be back in Proverbs to do um, some more pieces of it. Um, last few weeks, we've kind of entered a series within a series where we've kind of been talking about uh, biblical manhood and biblical womanhood. Um, I, I remember the first time I heard in my Christian life um, anybody preach on it. My wife and I, before we got married, we were really trying to load up on what it meant to be a godly man and a godly woman. And Pastor Willie Richardson used to have this joint in Atlanta called uh, Second Honeymooners and Singles Conference. So wifey and I got up in there, and he was blazing with spiritual guns, lighting us up um, about um, helping men to understand women and women to understand men. That was the first time I really, really began to see that the Christian life actually talks about masculinity and femininity biblically. Um, and that there are some clear guidelines, there are some, there's some clear instructions based on God's divine order in which he has, he has laced every new believer with uh, the hardware and the hard drive to be able to execute his principles. And so, and so, and so we, Pastor Deuce and I figure we get in a, a mini-series within a series because we believe there's a crisis. We believe there's a crisis in manhood, and one of the things that, that we saw that the crisis in manhood, and one of the barometers or, or, or things that men need to work through is sex issues. We, we talked about that the first two weeks, talking about how Solomon was chopping it up with his son, Big Ray Ray. And we talked about how he was pouring into Ray Ray, Ray Bone, for those who don't know him. Um, that was a rhyme. Y'all need to put that on the record or something. Ray Bone, for those who don't know him. Pow. I ain't no MC, so shut it down, shut it down. Um... And so he, him lacing in between, but this is a different section. What I wanted to talk to the ladies, I believe that, 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 that femininity is in a crisis. Um, even among evangelical Christians, evangelical, for those that don't know, means those who adhere to the historic Christian faith as given in the fundamental Bible doctrines, i.e. the person and work of Christ through the gospel, the Trinity, the church, um, inerrancy, all of those different things that makes Christianity Christianity, um, which are closed-hand issues. <clears throat> but even in those who hold to the closed-hand issues have, um, have, have peripheral philosophies that, that I think has muddied the water in our ability to really understand manhood and understand womanhood. I believe that although women are many times a majority in the church, I believe that um, because like we talked about last few weeks, we talked about how 75% of this community here is made up of single parent homes. So you, you, you mostly see uh, baby mamas pushing strollers. You know what I'm saying? You, um, in our city, we see a 90% of the women born in, I mean, ch- kids born in Philly are born in single parent homes. We've talked about that. It, it, because of that's happening, there's a crisis. Um, there, 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 are, there are many women on welfare uh, uh, in the city because they don't have the nuclear family unit that the Bible talks about. And so there's a crisis in womanhood. There's a crisis in womanhood as it relates to, um, as it relates to how women are, being, are learning Jesus. And I'm, I'm going to touch on that a little bit today. But, but what we're going to talk about today, it kind of reminds me, a few, a few months ago, I think it was last time I got my car stolen. Now, now you, you know, I, I, was, I was boiling mad. You know, they, I mean, they took my car, didn't know where it was. I didn't, I didn't know how they got my car, you know. And, um, and so I, I'm a little frustrated. I go to the popo, and they come and let me know, you know what I'm saying. They're like, they're like man, you know, did, did anybody do this? Well, they're asking me all of these questions. 
Man, so a few weeks later, um, they call me and tell us to come into the pre-impounding unit. And um, they began asking me all these questions, and I was so angry because they, like, left the forensics dust all on my car, like fingerprint joints where they had been just dirty. Windows open, it's been raining. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So they went, we, we found your car, sir, and I'm like, thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, but, 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 but one of the things that it did to me, that was the first time I had my car stolen. I hadn't had it broken into. They said, you, you're not christened the Philly until you got your car stolen or broken into. So I'm christened now. Um, but 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 this is this is this was a trip to me. When I got my car stolen, you know, I, I learned that there were some things that I'd taken for granted. And I began like I got me a club now. You know what I'm saying? I didn't get one. You know, I got a real club. You know what I'm saying? You know, I got one of them thick joints. You you gotta pull it up. I'm telling you, if it pinch you, it'll pull your finger off, club. You know what I'm saying? And so I, my wife and I, we, we got it all locked up. You know, I'm checking the doors. Everybody always gets to me because I got obsessive compulsive disorder with doors because I'm always checking the door. And dudes will be like, the door's closed, E. Get, get off the door. And so, you know, I, I'm checking the door. But, but I'm at, y'all, y'all thought I had obsessive compulsive disorder then. How much more? But, but I just was thinking about, you know what I'm saying? As I'm thinking about my car getting stolen, I, I'm just like, man, I'll never be the same again. Like, the way I relate to my car, when I'm relating to it, all I think about now is it getting stolen. Every time I take it somewhere, I'm always thinking about, man, is my car going to get stolen? Let me make sure I put, take my, I got the radio to come out, you know, got to close. I'm sick of my pockets getting messed up, you know, because I got the radio in my pocket. Can't throw it in the trunk because they think they're, I'm, I'm thinking somebody watching me because they want my car. They done told me Hondas are easy to steal. So I'm, I'm trying to, we, 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 our alarm thing, we can't find out. I mean, we, we just messed up. And it's changed us and it's almost cursed me in a sense. Well, I'm always on pins and needles because whenever you get something stolen from you, you feel violated. Whenever you get something stolen or removed from you, you, you're, you're, never, you're almost unable to relate the same way to it. And I believe the same is happening to the identity of the female. Is the identity of the female is being robbed. It's being stolen. And many of you are always on pins and needles about your femininity about your womanhood, and because people, not just the culture, but even preachers and preachettes. Yeah, made a word. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, as an elder of the flock, as, the pastor, as a pastor of a flock, I'm called into a community of elders who are called based on Titus chapter 1, Verses 5 through the rest of the chapter. First Timothy chapter 3 verses 1 through 7. Ezekiel uh, 25. Several passages that command there to be a deflection of false doctrine. And today I believe that most preaching is for women. I also, and it has a feminine edge to it. And it has a boisterousness that I'm not feeling. So I'm going to deflect some stuff as an elder. Amen. And as we get into the scriptures, we're going to we're going to walk through, you know, the wise woman, the wise woman, the wise woman, femininity, identity and identity, femininity, identity and marriage. And we're going to we're going to we're going to walk through this. And I really only have one point today. We're not going to go through all of Proverbs 31, but I want to zoom in on on one point. 
You know, Kamora Lee Sims has her little show on, you know, fabulous. You know what I'm saying? You know, I was watching this uh, joint, joint that she's on. I mean, she got, she got, I mean, everybody around her, every dude ain't a dude. Like, he's, he's, he's laced with tenderization. I mean, ain't no dudes around her. Like, like she said, she said, come on, that is not fabulous. You better get that away from me. Yes, man. And one dude was on the floor crying because he was about to fire. She was about to fire him. I mean, I'm sitting up there like, dude, you get up off the I mean, I'm looking at it, and she's just lighting him up. And, and people like Kimora for several reasons. She's a mogul. She married the, the godfather of hip-hop, uh, uh, commercial hip-hop. Got a, got a half of the kingdom and chilling. Got two daughters teaching them different things. And I was watching the show where, where Lil' Kim and a bunch of the women, Mary J. Blige, are saying, yo, she's our woman. We, we get, I mean, we getting, we getting, I mean, like, we want to be like Kimora. Like, Kimora is murdering it as it relates to a woman. Why? Because she owns her own company. Um, um, she doesn't need a dude. Um, she has her own money. I mean, like, she's doing her own thing, and she's running everything around her. And, 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 and even, and not just in the secular world, but even in the Christian world, womanhood is being proclaimed in a way that I have issues with. Um, Juanita Bynum, and I said her name. I got issues. I don't have issues. I'm not condoning her, her husband beating her down. But I have a problem with some of the quotes I pulled off of YouTube from her message. She says, I'm trying to teach you how to be a bulldog. Wow. I'm trying to wonder where in the Bible is that? <laughs> She's trying to teach you how to be loud. Then she said another one. She said, she, I was talking to somebody, and she said, eh, eh, whispering to her. She said, no. You get up in their face, and if they act too you slit their throat. And, and, I'm, and I'm sitting, and I'm watching the women, hey, hey, standing up there just jumping in. Enjoy. Run. One woman just took off running. Just, just started running. <laughs> Worshiping God because she's getting freedom to slit her man's throat. Like, I, I'm just trying to, as we go into the text, I'm trying to understand what are we learning today? Well, what are you learning today, women? Do you, as women, have a funnel? You know, I was asking my wife, I said, where are the female heroes? that understand what it means to be a beast as a woman. I'm looking for female heroes. And, 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 I, and I, believe that, I believe that women are being taught in the faith and in the culture how to be everything but what the Bible says. And the, listen, this doesn't condone male chauvinism. So we, we, we understand that there has been a mismanagement of masculinity. Because so many of us as men are insecure in our masculinity where we only feel like men when we enslave women. However, that doesn't condone or open up a door to live outside of God's ordained order. And so today, 
today. You, we, we're going we're gonna to start this week, and I think I'm only going to deal with one or two verses in Proverbs 31. As we just begin uh, uh, to, walk, to walk through um, the scriptures and begin to see what the Bible talks to us about. I want to lay a foundation in a few texts to kind of orbit Proverbs 31. Is that okay? Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 20. Really, verses 20 through 21, it says, But this is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. (laughs) When you look at that context, it's talking about Christians who are cutting a fool outside of God's new humanity And he's saying, you didn't learn Jesus the way you're acting. He said, now, if you really heard who Jesus, like if you heard him the right way. And I'm convinced that we're not hearing Jesus the right way. I'm convinced that it's hard. Like Paul could vouch because he discipled the Ephesians. He said, I didn't teach you Jesus like this. But but, but in our culture, it's almost like we have to, that's why we teach so long. That's why we got songs like that's why we talk in pastoral reflections on because because we just think that you're so bombarded all over the place in your life. You have to learn Jesus. Now, in order to learn Jesus the right way, you have to be saved. That is, know him as savior in the pardon of your sins and then actually like him. See, if you if you if you came into a relationship and you dealing with affection issues. You know, you ain't, you ain't really fit because your mind ain't being renewed. Then it's going to be a challenge to you because you, some of y'all females have already put, you put up back. He ain't saying nothing to me. I already know what I'm going to do and I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And, I, and you already, but I'm, I'm praying in Jesus name that he would snap, crackle and pop every barrier of the enemy in the name of Jesus. Now. Now, what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm feeling like we're learning is, is women today are learning individualistic destiny. This is my intro. We're we going there. Well, this is what you're learning, individualistic destiny. What do I mean by that? Hold on, lady, because in a minute right now, you're going to have your business. You're going to have a business, and he ain't nothing anyway. God. Individualistic destiny, it's about you. It's about you flossing your family. I've been held back long enough, and as soon as you hear that, they stand at their feet. I've been held back long. You've been held back, and they've been putting a door over your head. But I tell you right now, I declare that, no, individualistic destiny. In other words, women are being taught using the name of Jesus how to be self-motivated apart from Jesus. Not only that. Individualistic entrepreneurialism. Provide for yourself, woman. Take care of yourself, girl. Hey, you know how these men are. Girl, even if you get married, get you a bank account at Bank of America, PNC, Wachova, you're one of them, girl. You got to get you a secret account and stash a little bit away. He won't know. Do you just handle the finance? You put it away, put it away, put it away, and you put it away. And if he lose his mind, girl, you got an account. <laughs> Individualistic entrepreneurialism. He wants you to come home. This is 2007. I mean, individualistic entrepreneurialism. Uninformed independence. 
uninformed independence. Now, but then the other thing women are learning today is calling small letter at the expense of calling big letter. Calling little c at the expense of calling capital C. See, I believe that women are being taught about the call of God that comes subjectively through feelings, intuitions, and personal dreams. Not fueled by big C. Like everybody wants, oh, I feel it in my spirit. The Lord, I feel in my spirit that the Lord wants me to. But never, like I'm looking at the scriptures and like I'm, I'm feeling like what I'm feeling in my spirit ain't what the spirit is given. And, and, and so, and so I, I just, we just got to break down some before we even dive into in Proverbs 31. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes when, when, you, when women hear Proverbs 31, they're like, I'm not coming to church that Sunday. And so I, I really just want us to, to lace this out. Now, let's give a biblical foundation for why Proverbs 31 is so important. Y'all still with me? Okay, 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. It says, for in, the, in, the, in this way, in former times, the holy women also who hoped in God used to adorn themselves being submissive to their own husbands, just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you have become her children if you do what is right without being frightened by any fear. This Peter gives the women in Asia Minor hermeneutical freedom, theological, exegetical freedom to open up the Old Testament and go looking for examples. What he does is he says, listen, if you want to learn how to be a woman, I know there's crisis in your culture. Matter of fact, he wrote this to them because there was persecution and there's a tendency when hell breaks loose for, for your role to break down. So he says, women... Don't look to the culture, look to, uh, look to women of the faith. And so there are a plethora of women of the faith. Only, women usually only like Esther and Deborah. Like, them the only two you hear. Like, because they the ones, they seem like they had a little bit of political and prophetic juice. But then you start mentioning some other women, like, it's like, oh, see, I ain't feeling her because she, she, she was all under his, I, no. He says the whole OT. And he says, you are to look, women. Who are your heroes? Who do you take your P's and Q's from? Who do you look up to? And so he gives them what we call hermeneutical or freedom to look at these women, to get an example, and to be able to extract. That means you got to be able to do some Bible study. Amen. Now just read, and the rivers were quiet. One day... While I was on the river one, them devotionals, like I will make somebody's nose bleed right now. And then put dot, dot, dot after and just talk about, just start talking. Say this prayer, Lord, help me be beside the still waters. Amen. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later, but that can't be your diet. All the time. 
That's something you just leave behind the toilet seat, you know. Look at it every now and then, whenever, you know what I'm saying? But but it's, it's interesting in First Peter, and I'm laying foundation because we got to understand this from Jesus' perspective. First Peter chapter 2, verses 21 through 25, lets the women know, and the men know, but we're specifically talking to women today. He says, I'm asking you to do nothing different than what Jesus did. See, see, he, 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 he lays it out. He, said, he, says, he says beautifully. He says when Jesus was on planet Earth, he, says, I, he said, I want, you, I want to lay something out in a one who remained faithful to his role even in the midst of controversy, frustration, and even oppression. He says, for to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example. Wow. So that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. He didn't talk smack. When he was reviled, he didn't pop his neck in return. Amen, lights and walls. When he was suff- when he suffered. He did not threaten. I'm going to wait till he go to sleep. I'm going to boil some hot water. But continued entrusting himself to the one who judges justly. Selah. At the center of the way women have been taught Jesus is God is not just. And since he's not, girl, take matters into your own hands because he may not come through as ravenously as you'd like him to. Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31, verses 10 and 11. I think I'm going to stop at 10, 11, 12-ish. Then we'll do the rest next week. He says, an excellent wife who can find Wow. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her. Think about that. He will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of his life. Yeah. Proverbs 31, mom dudes sitting with her, with her son. She says, son, let me holler at you. You're going to be a king one day. And when you're a king, you're like a rock star. All the ladies want you. You could be fat. You could be ugly. But you're going to be a king. Because you're going to be a king, boo bear, I want to kind of let you know because you're going to see myriads of women coming to you. Matter of fact, other countries, son, they're going to come to you and say, make a pact and treaty with us. Marry our daughters. So I I want to kind of safeguard you, son, because I know your daddy talked to you about some stuff. But as the queen mother, I got to holler at you about some stuff that daddy can't teach you. And I'm going to I'm going to teach you some things about what I've just been observing. I've been living a long time, baby. 
And I've looked around and I've seen the good and the bad and the ugly in relation to women. And baby, I, I just want to sit down with you and lovingly talk to you. Get us, get us some tea. Get us some tea. Come on. Sit down. Let's sit down and talk. Get a blanket on. I know it's cold. Sit down. And I can imagine Lemmy well like, dang, mom talking. I don't know if mom can, like, talk to me about females. But it so impacted him that he shared it. And Proverbs 31 is, 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 is I interpret it dualistically. Proverbs 31 is a crescendo or a repeat of the entire book of Proverbs as a multivitamin pill of what it looks like when wisdom is lived out. Whoever was compiling Proverbs said, man, Lemuel's joint is so dope that I think we can use a woman being chosen by a man as the best way to show what it looks like to walk in godly wisdom. Powerful. So, ladies, Proverbs 31 is probably written to show that, that the best illustration of wisdom is when a husband chooses a good woman. And so indirectly, even though this is probably for men, Proverbs 31, other men, indirectly you get characteristics, caricatures, if you will, of womanhood. And so today as we walk through, I want you to begin to not Look at just the mere impossibility of it. The reason why we know that this, this, this woman did exist is because Proverbs is based on observations. And because Proverbs is based on observations, that Lemuel's mom saw this woman, or the, either the characteristics of this woman in different women, and made a collage of it together to say it's possible that these different things actually exist. And I'm made available. Now, you just heard me open with Jesus. Because, I'm, because sometimes when women get into Proverbs 31, it can kind of feel, it can kind of feel a bunch dewy, dewy, do, 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 do this, do this and be this. But, but, but I think Proverbs 31 is so much more deep than that, than just doing, even though these are characteristics. So what, what I wanted to do is I wanted to focus in on just, just really defining some stuff for us. Is that okay? Now, it says, my first point and probably my only point today, God's woman is a woman of rich depth. Just one point. God's woman is a woman of rich depth. <laughs> he says in here, he says, an excellent wife who can find? Adam didn't have to ask that question. In Genesis, God brought an excellent woman to him. Um, so it wasn't a rarity, but because of the fall, this question has to be asked now. Because sin has so pervaded our lives that there has to be an eternal search committee put together to help a man to find a good woman. And so Lemuel's wife has to ask her the question. He said, he said, son, I'm just telling you. I've been around. I've been around the block, baby. An excellent wife. She hard to find. When we go back to Genesis, 
we see that Eve made this basically have to be asked. Because when the enemy came to her, it's interesting. The first Eve, see, you're called to be the new Eve. But there was the first Eve, and the first Eve wanted to create meaning for her life. And so what happened was, and this is what we know, because when the enemy came to her, and she began to lay out what God had instructed Adam, that Adam had passed on to her, the devil said, the devil was like, you know, um, Oh, he don't want you to eat because you've learned about knowledge of good and evil. <laughs> That's how he's saying things now. Boy, God a trip. He a trip. He always, like, got some old bug response. You know what I'm saying? Eve, let, let a brother holler at you, girl. Um, you know, to be, to be honest, you know, God likes to keep stuff to himself. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a tyrant. I don't like him either. And... Know what he wants to do? He wants to, he wants to hold you back. You know, he, he wants to limit your freedom. I mean, he, he, uh, I mean girlfriend, he, he want, he's a conspiracy, basically. Uh, it's a conspiracy, girl, because he wants to stop you from getting your potential woman of God. He said he, he, he's trying to stop you, woman of God. Listen, Eve, he's trying to stop you from getting to the next level. So what you need to do, woman of God, is you need to go eat. Watch me now. Watch me now. Look at the tree. Look at it. Look at it. It's glistening, isn't it? Amen, Eve. Look at it. You can bite it, can't you? Look at, look at it. Can't you see the fruit juices just dribbling down your mouth? Amen. Can't you see, Eve, you, when you, you can caress it and feel it and, it and it feels good? God's trying to hold you back, Eve. And Eve said, amen, devil, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> and she said, clack out. The Bible says she looked at it, saw that it was good, and that it was desirable. That it could taste good. You're being hoodwinked, ladies. You're being hoodwinked. Because the devil always wants you to focus on your restrictions. Can, she, can women preach in the church? Can women hold their position? He wants you to hold. He wants you to he want point, point. What, 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 what about tongues? What, what about this? What about her doing? He wants you to focus on that. So that when he has you focus on whatever, what happens is, is your eyes get taken off of him. And placed on this. So the woman of worth is a different type of woman. <laughs> She's a different type of woman. This is an interesting phraseology. Excellent wife. Asit Chayel. Asit Chayel. I love it. It has a multiplicity of translations. But it's interesting. The, 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 this word has, has, has a rich overtone. It means to have rich character. Um, it means to be the. It means to have worth. It can be translated, a woman of wealth, who can find her. He's not talking about pearls. He's not talking about diamonds. 
He's not talking about earrings. He's not talking about being able to shop at Tiffany's. He's not talking about being able to shop at Saks Fifth Avenue and not the outlet. He's not talking about being able to shop at Neiman Marcus and not the outlet. He's not talking about right here necessarily how many crunches you can do and how you can get a a six-pack like Janet. Now, he's not talking about that right here. He's talking about a woman that is loaded with worth, internal worth. The word is used of Messiah in his reigning glory in Psalm 110.3. It's also used of Boaz when Ruth asked him to be the kinsman redeemer. The woman of worth is so valuable. She's so valuable. She's so spiritually gorgeous. She's so spiritually weighty that a man is hard pressed to find her. He says she's not shallow, baby. Baby, I'm not talking about the densy the, the the girls. I'm, I'm not talking about a chick, baby. See, there's a difference between a chick and a woman. Yeah, yeah, chick is just somebody in the crowd that flosses her physical physique. Fellas on the block say, oh, look at that chick over there. Oh, man, I like that chick. Look at, oh, but then there's some women, when you run across them, their essence demands an upgrade. It's something about when you're around them. I, I remember Felicia Rashad back, in, back, on, back on the Cosby show. You know what I'm saying? You know, Felicia, I, I mean, I had a crush on me, some Felicia Rashad up in this place this morning. Baby, I, I ain't trying to, baby. But... But Felicia Rashad was just that girl to a brother. You know what I'm saying? I mean, she came, like, I, everybody liked Lisa Bonet. I was like, all right, Lisa Bonet and what's the other, you know, no. Nah. Felicia Rashad had a, had a comprehensiveness to her where you didn't feel like you could just walk up on and say what you want to say. She would say, let the record show. <laughs> you couldn't walk up on Fifi where you wanted to. That's the woman of worth, redeemed, redeemed by Jesus, takes it to another direction, however. But the woman of worth is a, is a woman that a man, when you walk past, don't feel like they can just feel you on the behind. The woman of worth is not the woman when you walk past, pss, pss. it's just something that oozes out of your soul based on the nutrition of the kingdom that demands I be approached differently. The woman of worth. The question is today, women, is what do you use as a barometer and a measuring rod for whether or not you're worth anything? Question. What what, what do you use? Because so many of our sisters are so insecure. You've been hurt and it's valid. You've been raped and that's valid. You've been molested, and that's valid. However, I, want, I, I believe the Bible wants us to not be resp- responders. Because many times, many times, sisters, it can feel like you bring everything that has hurt you to the table in every area of life. 
And so what happens is, is when someone's talking to you or dealing with you, they're not just talking to you. They're talking to your past. They're talking to everybody that's hurt you. Everybody that's frustrated you. Everybody that slept on you. But the woman of worth lets Jesus get to that stuff. And when he gets to it, she allows, she says, listen, I don't have anything to prove. Jesus, I want you to be my identity. The Bible says that Jesus has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. That means that your soul is pumped in with worth from Jesus Christ. And because of the Lord, you can respond differently to life. See, the woman of worth is a, is a, is a, is a new brand of a woman. I, 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 I hate when people, my mom says, my mom is 83. And people look at my mom, my mom, cook, she can cook, she can cook a yam like no other. Make a collard green, get up and, 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 and sing. And she can believe God to the ends of the earth. But I hate when people say, man, that woman is a dying breed. That, that's not good news. That's not good news. Ladies, the woman of worth can't be a dying breed. There's a call on your life by God, to be a woman of worth. The Bible says it. There's a call on your life to be beefy in the faith. There's a call on your life to be a theologian. Amen. There's a call on your life for your soul to be rich and dripping with what it looks like to be a biblical woman, an excellent woman. And so that's because the Bible has made it a bit. Jesus has given us everything we need for righteousness and godliness. And that's not just for men. God is making available to the woman. God has made available to you the ability to be beefy in the faith. And so so we're asking today, what do you feel like you're worth? And it's interesting that the text says she is far more precious than jewels. I like that because it kind of gives the the ebb and flow of the idea, the fact that Lemuel's mom tells him, she said, listen, son, I I know you know how our culture is. And, you know, and back in their day, when you wanted to marry somebody, you had to pay a bride price. So, you know, when you like when you go back to Genesis 23, you know, what I'm saying Abraham told his servant, he said, come here, fam. He said, put your hand under my thigh. To put your hand under my thigh, and I want you to swear that you will not take for my son one of these hoochies from the Canaan. I, I, want, I want none of these chicks. I want a woman from my daddy's house. He said, I want you to travel. He had to go travel. He said, I want you to take some stuff. Let them know we're serious about a real woman. Main man got the camels up. He got rams and and jewels and stuff, you know what I'm saying? It'll be the equipment. Now, women don't be going crazy. Oh, suit now. I'm about to. Oh, sucks now. I'm about to. No. It'll be the equivalent of a Bentley being brought, traveling. Because they said, who can find it? And they went to the house. And he says, God, give me grace on the journey. 
And he looks and he says, when I stand, he said, when I stand out, I'm going to be looking. He said, Lord, let the first woman that I see be the woman that you want for him. And he stood there and he's praying. She came up and took care of her. When he came, he said, he put something around her neck and he says, whose child are you? She says, my father is Laban. He took him to the house. And he says, I'm from far away. I'm from your nephew's house, Abraham. Uh, your, your, uh, your, yeah, your, your, your uncle's house. And I want you to, what I want you to do is I, 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 want, I want to be able to get your daughter to his son, Isaac. He's become very rich. Will you let me take your daughter with me? It's a beautiful story. It's a beautiful story about the fact that the woman of worth is extremely hard to find. They would pay bride prices for these women. And the Bible says in this verse, it says that jewels can't pay for. He says, even when you give a bride price for, don't think that your bride price equals her value. He says, a good woman is more than just an engagement ring. Girl, you better shut up. That's a carrot. (laughs) No. He says, a good woman is so good that you can't put a price on her. Listen, it is not you being good in and of yourself, ladies. It's because God has placed worth on you, not just because you're born in his image, but because Jesus is in your life. And because Jesus Christ is in your life, you are given the ability to be a woman of great value. What does the woman of worth value that makes her valuable? It's good. A woman of worth, a woman of worth is valuable because she first values Jesus. And how will you know that a woman of worth values Jesus? She values God's ordained role for her. Even the garden, she didn't know, but the enemy was switching roles. He turned everything upside down. See, it was supposed to be God. I don't agree with people that say um, subordination didn't happen until after the fall. That's not true. That's not true. Why would he go to Eve instead of Adam? That's, an, that's a whole other discussion. But, but what happened is, is that he wanted to reverse God's order. And instead of it being God, man, woman, children, animals. He wanted to switch it for it can be devil, woman, and man. But a woman of worth understand that subordination or submission doesn't mean a subtraction of worth, but but an emphasis on worth. (laughs) See, When you try to live outside of your God-ordained bounds of role, you're living below your calling. See, see, Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3, listen to what he says. He says, he says, I'm afraid, I betrothed you to one husband who is Christ. He says, but I'm afraid, lest as the devil tempted Eve, that you may be drawn away from the simplicity of devotion to Christ. And so I'm saying today, women, ladies, that as we dive in, we're going to dive in next week into the specifics of this. But I wanted us to have an introduction of just talking about worth, not just going through, she got to be this, and she does this, she does this, she does this, but talk about worth, 
value from a heavenly perspective. Not only that, she values the scriptures. <laughs> she values the word. The Bible says, let the word of God richly dwell in you in Colossians chapter 3.16. She values the word. Not only does she, does she value her God-ordained role, but she values her internal, she understands that her internal beauty increases her external beauty. It's nothing worse than seeing a, a fly sister and then she come on the scene, hey, hey, come here. And all of us are like, oh, man, that's, uh, I mean, that's, ha, 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 you heard that, Nothing worse than no gum popping, loud talking, cigarette smoking, think she all that chick. Ain't no worse than it. Ain't no worse than that. But see, but see, but see, man, some, some, it's, it's, it, but it's different because a lot of guys, they like the girl that looks all right. See, she, look, she looks all right. But she's so loaded with, like, she doesn't, she doesn't, she doesn't show her cleavage and down. And when you're talking to her, you, you praying that you don't look and lose your sanctification. You, you, you kind of going like this. And, you know, and when she got it, she don't look, we low rider. So that when she bend over, you see the goodies. But, but she's the woman that you, nobody probably paid attention to her at first. Then in Bible study, she raises her hand and asks a question. Then everybody kind of turns around and looks. Then all of a sudden, the stack quotient starts going up like that. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Then all the fellas scheming on who going to try to holler first. See, that's a woman of worth. A woman of worth is the woman that slept on at first. But when the wealth of Jesus' kingdom, hopped, a priesthood, royal priest, her priestessness, just comes out. Her, her priest, her royal uh, uh, princesslessness. Hey, Amen. I'm, I'm thinking about you, baby. I'm thinking about you. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm going to sit down, y'all. But, but this woman, this woman is, 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 is something about it is different. And, and not just that she quotes verses, even though we want verses. Because sometimes some of us will throw verses out there as a fog. Because we may like somebody and we know they like verses. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But she actually utilizes the verses. She memorizes them, but she contemplates them. She repents of her sin. Um, she weeps before the Lord when she's wronged someone. She doesn't wear her emotions on her forehead. The woman of worth. Ladies, I pray that I pray today for you that the best thing about you is your soul. I, I, I just, I pray, I, I'm telling y'all, I don't care how much perfume you put on. I don't care how much lipstick you, I don't care if you use MAC makeup, you know what I'm saying? I, I mean, I don't care if you went to the counter and got it hooked up. Care, I mean, we want you to look nice now. Don't be going out. He said I can be like this. First Corinthians 5 says, that's not, that's not what I'm saying. 
<laughs> so, so don't say, oh, I'm, I'm thought, I can take off my wig now, too. Huh? Girl, let me plait this weave out. No. No, We're going to talk about that's how, that, like, that does have importance in Proverbs 31, but we wanted to make sure that you understood the other stuff first. Y'all so crazy. That, that, that I, I, just, I, just, I, I just wanted to spend time on just worth. Just worth. Just worth. Inherent internal worth. But then last but not least, and then I'm going, I promise I'll sit down. Okay, can I say just one last thing? <laughs> Very careful what women they listen to. Yeah. Very careful at the woman, women they listen to. They don't let all women in the body speak into their life. They don't let every female preacher that comes along speak into their life, no matter how much the curse of the fall calls out for the heresy that comes out of the lips of the false preacher. That she's willing to call to remembrance the things of the word of God and saying, that sounds good, but it's not Bible. In other words, you got to begin as a lady to have a funnel for who you allow to speak into your life. Because somebody could be trying to speak the order of God right out of your life. And then you'll begin to subtract in value. You begin to subtract in value. Because you've taken worth into your own hands. So as we close today, I just pray that Epiphany Fellowship will be a place where men can come look for a wife. I pray that, I pray that dudes storm, storm the door. And they're going to get their behinds whipped if they're not on point. But I, I, I pray that you would be findable. I pray that you would be worth finding. I pray that you'd be worth finding. Those of you who want to be married, don't rush. Because God might have to get your findability quotient up. But, but, but don't be afraid to face your past. Don't be afraid to, afraid to face your hurt. Because you don't want your worth to be wrapped up into invisible things that are sizzling your worth away. Father God. Um, Lord, we pray today in Jesus' name.